The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Jersey Boys Podcast here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation, Dave Sturcio, alongside America's fan, Keith Ernst, and, of course, nationwide known comedian star of Cobra Kai. And what you have a new movie out, right? I almost ordered it. It was like $4, but I didn't do it yet. It's uh, what's it called, Brett? Don't worry about what it's called. (laughs) All righty. So he has a new movie out somewhere along the line. And I forgot what it's called. What's it called, bro? Witness Infection. Oh yeah, Witness Infection. That's what there it's you called. go. Are you in it's it a, a lot? comedy? It's a comedy zombie uh, movie. Are you like in a it a lot, movie. or is it like worth getting? Or I mean, obviously I mean, you're going to promo it. I you're mean, into that if you're into that. Yeah, genre. it's 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 you know it, it's it is what niche, it, it won niche. all the it won all the film uh, awards at the at like the horror festivals. Oh, cool. All right. It's well, a fun movie. It's it's not meant to be you know it's meant to be what it is. Got you. Got you. Uh, well, we have another week of um, the Cowboys offseason. And uh, later on in this episode, we're going to be bringing on Brianna Dix of D210 Sports 210. I I, I actually got corrected by her uh, because I, Lord knows I didn't know what it was. D1210, D2110. I don't even know. But anyway, she's a writer for OU as well as covering the Dallas Cowboys. We'll have her on in a little bit. Um, but fellas, first and foremost, Happy Easter. I mean, I know you guys are doing your uh, your Easter grind right now, and that's why we're recording a little later than usual. But I hope you guys enjoyed your uh, your Easter. No, it was good. Yeah, we, we're actually in the same town together, so it's good. My mom's here, the kids. Yeah. God bless. You, now, it doesn't even look like I, I don't remember the rooms, but I guess the, are you in a hotel or are you at your house? Yeah, we're in a hotel. You got a lot of questions today, Star. Yeah, yeah, you well, know, I'm, I'm just trying to concerned about the personal stuff of the I'm Earth. Just, <laughs> Cowboy talk. Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, you know, I see you got your Easter shirt on, so you're all <laughs> little feel, little starch. Feel a little froggy, but whatever. It is what it is. But guys, all right. So another week of off-season programming uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Not a lot of movement as far as players. Uh, it's been kind of the same status quo, kind of quiet. Um, there were, you know, again, now the rumblings of the NFL draft are really starting to come to a head and uh you know something i'm definitely gonna address with brianna of what she's hearing in dallas as far as where the cowboys are leaning i know we've gone over this already and you know we kind of touched on it a little bit but after another week of you know not so much film study or anything like that but like if you guys have dove in a little bit more 
are any of you two leaning on the Kyle Pitts train? If that is a thing, like if he's there at 10, would you ever consider it still? Dude, let me tell you something, Sturge. And I, okay. I came after you on chop about this. Okay. Please, people, stop with this Randy Moss comparison. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Everybody's saying, oh, we're going to pass on Pitts like we passed on Moss and we got Ellis instead. First of all, Ellis was a stud. All right. And I'll say, I know you were like, oh, but it's Randy Moss. You know what? Moss never won a Super Bowl, people. And guess what? He had two, one of probably the greatest quarterback of all time at one time at Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He's all, he also had Randall Cunningham, who's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He had Dante Culpepper, who, who was a fantastic quarterback in his, in his, in his younger years. Um, and then when he went to the Raiders and didn't have anyone, well, that's different. But regardless, what I'm trying to say is, is that, look, we didn't need Randy Moss then. We don't need Kyle Pitts now. We have two above average, average to above average tight ends. We go defense. We go what we need. And at number 10, I will tell you right now, at number 10, we will be able to find a solid defensive player at, and, at 10. And I would also – I would say that I, I think Sertan's going to be there, and I would take Sertan the third if, if we have a pick. But we got to go defense, man. It doesn't matter. We have enough talent on the offensive side of the ball. It's not the problem. Yeah, we don't need any. I mean, what? How, oh, so we're going to score forty-two points instead of thirty-five, right? And, like, and then have to come back from uh, another forty-eight point deficit. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I just and, think, uh, uh, you know, we're done here. <laughs> Happy Easter, everybody! <laughs> God bless. As they kick over the mic stand and say, "You know what? F this. I'm out." Um, all right. Let's, I'm, the only reason why I bring that up is because, again, it's one of those things where it's like they're calling this guy a generational player. And again, you just, you have to take that into consideration. I'm not saying I'm on board with it. Again, I am all for certain. I believe the defense needs to be addressed first and foremost. I just think that like when things happen, like last year, you know, CD lamb fell on our laps and that's one thing. Okay. And that was pick 17. So this Listen, is pick 10. little starch. Okay. <laughs> oh, what what does that mean a once in a lifetime player yeah a generational a generational what does that, what does that mean? mean and how does that interpret how does that interpret to super bowl victories because i'll tell you right now when brady came out he wasn't a once in a generation and by the way he's a once in a, in any sport that what when people come out of college you don't know what they can do and 99.9 percent of the time everybody's wrong on how great this player is going to be okay but what we do know is we have problems on defense, okay? And we right. can, and that's what we need to focus on. Football is a team sport. It's not basketball where one guy has goes from offense to defense, from offense to defense. It can change the game, all right? We need, we need, we need defensive linemen. We need a pass rush. Uh, we need linebackers. We need cornerbacks. I mean, that's what we need. So, so here's what, what would you call? All, let's all of us try to think of this. What in recent memory have they said is a once in a generation type player? Yeah, yeah right off, right off the top say, of my head, I would say Andrew Luck. Okay, yes, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Retired early, no Super Bowl, um, and played in a horrible division, by the way. I would say another one is um, he was also murdered on site every Sunday, like he had the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, well, that, uh, okay, but guess what though? He's a one. He's a he's a once in a generation yeah, so player. It doesn't matter. It right, doesn't what's matter. it matter? What the rest of the team does? Yeah, it doesn't matter. So uh, I will give you one. I got one for you, Ricky Williams. That's like a great. The, he liked the guns. He liked the guns. No, no, no. What's his name? The quarterback from uh, Texas, Jamarcus Vince Jamarcus. Young. 
No, Vince Young was Vince another Young. one that everybody was, you know. But no, the thing with, uh, I remember, you know, you remember what happened with Ricky Williams, right? Yeah, you like the ganja. You like, you know. No, 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 not that. Do you know what the Saints did to get him? They traded like a, a didn't Ditka just go nuts and just do everything in their power to trade up for that, right? That's what happened, right? They traded every single pick in the trap. Oh, yeah. To move up. Oh, to- yeah. I forgot about that. That is insane. But there you go right there. That's the mentality. Oh, all we need is this guy. And once again, he went from the but same. We're not, but we're not, also, we're not also moving heaven and earth to get there. I'm just saying there's a chance nah, but I meant the that this guy falls. No, I know. But the reason they did that was because of that whole mentality that this is a once-in-a-generation type player. That's okay. What Okay. I say that no, I, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, what do people do? Do people just want players that are going to get stacks? Do people just want players that are going to have that they can wear their jersey and say, "Oh, this we're is living and we're living in that kind of you know, you know that Keith." I mean, as but we I, get older, like the, the younger generation games. likes that fantasy stats. You know what I mean? That's yeah. And look, there's only one ball to go around. You know what I mean? Dak exactly. Prescott coming back. Uh, you know, he has his full arsenal of receivers. He's got two capable tight ends. He's got supposedly supposed to be one of the better premier running backs in football in Ezekiel Elliott. So look, and the offensive line is back. And so I think that, yes, it's not a need. Okay. It's not a need, but there's going to listen. I'm just saying this right now. I hope to God he gets drafted before 10. That's all I'm saying. I hope that somebody picks up this guy. So it's not even a considerable thought. Like even if he was on the big board for the Dallas Cowboys, I want his name crossed out and somewhere else because here's another dreadful thought if, if, if Pitts is there let's just say Pitts is there and let's say Sertan is gone and let's say another guy that we wanted is gone and we're looking at Pitts in the face and we're like you know you know maybe we jump up and 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 grab another corner like, like JC Horn you know what I mean like maybe we take him at 10 and we pass on Pitts are we going to be able to live with ourselves if this guy comes out to be turns out to be one of the greatest tight ends ever and he's yes. playing on the yes. Giants and he's playing on the Giants or the Eagles? Who cares? Who cares? You got to deal with him. Okay. So you're telling me if we didn't have if, – if if Mark Bavaro didn't play for the Giants, they wouldn't have won that Super Bowl? You're telling me if Jay Novacek didn't play for the Cowboys or or any – what about um Kellen Winslow State? What the hell? When did a tight end become the game changer? They're saying this he's is ridiculous. It's, They're saying listen, it's an important position, okay? But it's it, it's not. We need defense. If we don't get defense again, it look Tony Romo. That our whole that whole run was because we didn't have defense. Our defense is our Achilles heel. Yeah, we need players. We need to stack up on. This is this is what I say we do. If this is what I say we do. If Pitts if Pitts is around a ten. Okay. Somebody that really needs a tight end that's higher get, than us. Come and get him. Yeah. If you're saying if they're saying that, oh, we can get a linebacker or something like that at a at, at, at a higher first round pick, then fine. Then trade it and let's get some picks out of it. Work it that oh, way. Oh, and here's the other thing we got to worry about too. If he's this once in a lifetime generational player, what do you think he's gonna we're gonna have to pay him? I mean, you'd have to pay any first round pick, no matter after who he is. Three, four, Three, four years. We'd have like three seasons of them probably, right? Not even, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah, well, if it's a first-round pick, you get four years and you get a 50-year option. But in any event, listen, again, not trying to convince you, not trying to change your mind. I know you're I am, not. No, no, I am listen. all for a defensive player at 10. You're and just saying if he's around, I right. don't it's think. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make things a little I, difficult. I don't, I, I don't think that it's. It, this is even a no-brainer. I mean, what, who cares? Okay. All right. Hey, but listen. I mean, if we didn't, if we didn't have a tight end, 
if we didn't have uh, like I would say, oh yeah, of course. And our defense. I mean, this is, is how this is how Cowboys yeah. Nation is t- taking us right now. They're saying Schultz is on a contract. Jarwin's coming off ACL. That's that's where that's the pitch. That's they're saying like we don't have like these guys aren't locked in. Like, are we going to give Schultz right, like long term money? Zach is coming off for injury too. Should we go after? No, no, no. I'm just saying back? you're saying that they're more than capable of tight ends, and I I agree. I just think it's that like a tight end. What are we doing? <laughs> All right. All right, listen. We have the number thirty defense in the NFL, <laughs> right? Or number thirty-one in pass and rush. And rush. I mean, what the hell are we? Why, how is this even a discussion? All right, discussion over. You know, guys, we have the second to worst defense in pass and the worst defense in run. Hey, you know what though? There's a punter that could be a general once in a lifetime punter. That's we should get story. him. That's a different story. Well, how is it a different story? We're we're talking of offensive threats. When did the tight end become, you know, your your first? Yeah, when? Because of what? Kelsey and... uh, Kelsey, Gronk, guys like that have literally revolutionized the position. Here's what you have to understand, okay? In an offensive scheme, unless there's very few plays that are just designed for the tight end. So when when a a, um, quarterback's doing his progressions and he might be the third receiver, uh, you know, if the other two aren't open... Mm-hmm. So what, what you're looking at is why Jay Novacek was great and, and other, but what, they're not drafted to be game changers. They I, become game changers because the other two receivers are covered. Okay. All right. I, I beg this question to both of you. All right. Because you bring that up and that's, that's a good point. A great point. Um, does Tony Romo have the career that he has without his tight end? Well, it's, it's also different because now you add, he's also had Terrell Owens you know, who um, he's also had, you know, receivers that he made like Miles Austin. What you got to remember, you're not, when the defense lines up, it's not putting, it's, Deion Sanders has never covered a tight end. They didn't line him up over the tight end. The tight end is, is, is an underneath guy, out guy. I'm aware. (laughs) You know, every once in a while there'll be, that's what I played in high school and I was recruited as a tight end. I'm not saying it can't be a position that can change a game, but it's not a game changing position. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, 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 okay. I get it. No, I listen. Like I said, I only beg the question because it's a possibility. That's, that's the only reason why I bring if it up. We had a, if we had a solid defense, then yeah, why not? We don't okay. have any so, defense. So brought up to me by our uh, producer, RJ Ochoa of blogging the boys. He would like to know the following. Um, because this is actually a pretty good question, considering we're kind of right in the middle of free agency right now. Is there a move that the Dallas Cowboys have made in this free agent market that basically two, two different moves, the move that you were shocked about the most and the move that you were just like, you kind of knew that was going to happen anyway. If you want me to start uh-huh. off to kind of give you a couple examples just to make it easier. No, I got mine already. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. What do we got? Keep going. Okay, Keith, go ahead. Yeah, no, I meant the. I mean, I know you guys are thinking Joe Thomas, but I, I'm, I'm actually not. I'm actually not surprised by that because he's he's been a, he's been a, a floater, his whole career. Right. Um. Yeah, I bet that's what I, I kind of felt like something was that gonna that something like that was gonna happen because Joe Thomas had a decent year, and we already have contracts with LVE and uh, and uh, Jalen, but um. So that wasn't that was I disappointed? Yeah, I was disappointed by that. I don't think he's freaking Ray Lewis, but I do think that, you know, he could hit and uh, I felt like he he would have been, you know, not the best linebacker we have, but he would have been a compliment 
if we could have got some really, really good linebackers. And I would say the one that I'm also not surprised with, or the one I'm kind of happy with is Chris Jones, that, that we're not bringing him back and, and all. Cause I mean, he has decreased. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many times he punted it inside the 20, but I don't think he's been relevant since he laid the wood against Detroit that one day. You know what I mean? Remember that time he made the hit yeah. and they called, they called him the punter, And I'm just like, Oh my God, Chris Jones is the man. And then it's just yeah. like, after that, yeah. I almost never heard yeah. of him again. But I, I think like one year he had like, freaking over 60 punts inside the 20 that like it was amazing so he had his time in the that was like i think that was 2014 or 13 i mean so they've been hanging on to him but so i'm not surprised we moved on from the punter because i don't think he was doing that great i know we make fun of punters but let me tell you field position's huge yeah i believe it's huge if if you told me there was someone and i'm not even kidding you if there was a punter that can guarantee you he can kick it inside the five yard line every time i would take that punter in the first round they they, i mean they they don't I don't think they exist, but yeah, they that don't, would be, but you get my point. Yeah, totally. Point. Totally. So, I mean, so yeah, a punter can be a, a punter can be very, very important. So, so uh, like a move, Jones, I do uh, like the Chris Jones being released. Okay. A move that you were kind of floored you like, didn't expect it. Didn't see it coming. Um, I didn't see coming. Didn't, did not probably I'm trying to think. I have did one you? answer for both. What that signing Dak for that much money. And then not, and if we didn't, you know, and well, that, not right. signing. So Dak was your surprise or you knew it was going to get done? Well, you were kind of. I didn't know fence. it was going to get done. So I was surprised, but you know, I'm That's also. a good one. I didn't think about Dak. You know, and also, biggest, you know, the it's money our biggest acquisition of the year. So yeah, it's probably. I'm saying that's an awfully big contract for not a top five quarterback. And also depending there. on the needs that we have and also the quarterbacks that are coming up in this draft, you know, um, um, but I'm also glad we did it. It's I have mixed feelings about the whole thing. But you were, <laughs> you know but I mean? that was because, that was the one that kind of shocked you because you didn't think it would get done this year. Right. I didn't think I. I thought they were going to tell him to test the market, or at least, or at least play on the tag again. Yeah. Okay. Or I mean, you know, because you never know, dude. And and again, I mean, the, the way it was structured, you got to give it to Jimmy Johnson in the front office for getting the deal done. You know what I mean? Stephen, uh, Stephen Jones. I'm, I'm sorry, Stephen Jones. What did I say, Jimmy Johnson? Jimmy Johnson. That's the. Hey, I mean, uh, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones. I mean, the way they structured it was pretty smart. Right. Where it still hurt us a little bit, but not that much. But it could. But now there's the two. I tried to read the thing. I don't even know what the hell he did <laughs> the, and how it language, affected us. But the, the signing bonus alone. I mean, the guy's guaranteed Tony Romo's whole career. You know. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. And again, we haven't made the playoffs two years in a row. Granted, he got hurt, but it wasn't like you know. But we've we've beaten this dead horse. But I'm also got mixed feelings about it as well. Like I'm I'm happy he's there. I'm happy we made it work. I meant again, if if there was no salary cap, give him a billion dollars. I don't right. care. So right. Let him eat as much as he wants. But that was you my got Keith? No, I was gonna say like if you're saying like if you're saying like a shock like a shock signing that yeah. we had. Shocked I'm not gonna something. lie. I'm not gonna lie to anyone right now. I did I I did not know one of the players. <laughs> Before we signed them, Ken O'Neill. I didn't know any of these guys. I just know, I know my Cowboys and you guys know I do, but like, especially I've never heard of any of them. So for me to sit up here and say, Oh, that Neil guy, Oh, I'm not going to do that. Even though I did watch his highlights and I was like, damn, this man can hit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there, I don't have a shock because I don't know any of these guys. I don't. Okay. So that's probably my shock is that <laughs> I'm I shocked. Know, I don't know anybody. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to play. I don't know how they're going to do. And that might be a good thing though, guys. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? When you get the name that everyone knows, 
sometimes that player's checked out of the NFL already, like a uh, uh, like Poe. Yeah, you know, so it might be it might be a good thing that we're getting these players that hey, you know, like we're we gonna bring up Jay Novacek. He was on the Cardinals when he came to us. Nobody, you know, nobody was like, oh, who's this guy? He proved himself, you know. So maybe these people are gonna prove themselves or these players I'm on our team. It. I'm you know? all for it. When I take a look at this free agency right now and this move. Brett made up a, you know, he uh, said a good point before. I didn't, even, I didn't even consider the Dak Prescott thing as, as more of a shock because I truly, I know you said it, Keith, that it would get done. Uh, I, I was on the fence. I didn't know what they were doing. Did I want it to happen? Yes, I did not know it was going to happen. So yeah, I guess I can consider that one mine as well. Um, and I'm kind of the move that I knew was going to happen was that they were not 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 gonna bring back xavier woods i knew they were gonna let him walk and and look he had himself a bad year on a contract year that's the kind of thing this is why you know i I still will never for the life of me understand how you can go into a press conference and say that he doesn't give 100 percent every play and then he just he gets picked up he gets picked up by the former defensive coordinator of the dallas cowboys mike zimmer which is like insane to me because i'm just like oh okay i guess that makes sense maybe i don't know but um him walking out the door doesn't surprise me. What did surprise me was Cheeto. I thought for sure that we would kind of work out something with Cheeto to stick around in Dallas, but he moves on to Cincinnati. Um, that, there are a couple- that disappointed me a lot, but you know what? We had to keep one. Right, and I think the Jordan Lewis signing is a good one. And I, I think yeah, I the- think that was a, that was a, a good one. I meant, you know, uh, again, we're going to try. I think we need to fill that need in um, – in the draft. And yeah. I think uh, certain will be around. I mean, if certain's so. there, I hope so. Know, Cause I mean, if you have certain is, is, is NFL ready right now. He's very good at closing speed. He should be there at 10. He should I would be assume, there. I would assume. So, I mean, the only team I could say that might draft a corner right before us is the Denver Broncos. But I think that they've addressed it in free agency enough to where they can now address a different need. You know what I mean? There's so another like, corner too that is uh ahead. Casey Horn is is yeah. is now climbing the uh, climbing the ladders right now because Caleb Farley has fallen a little bit because of micro yeah, back had, surgery. Yeah, he had a surgery, but from what I heard though it's not Right. So it's it's like that'll it's be like, I'm not listen. I love Sertan and I like JC Horn. I am not doing this whole Jalen Smith coming off injury garbage again i don't care i don't care if it's the smallest micro fracture thing in the world no, but i'm saying a, a, other teams that have that need would probably take farley over certain right but again he he's gonna fall because of his his injury and regardless of where i mean look if that's the guy that somebody wants then they're gonna go grab him that's just but, I, that's, but wait that's are you, do you know something i thought the injury the, the surgery wasn't like it's it not like so catastrophic crazy. it's nothing like that's gonna sideline him forever i'm just saying like it's one of those things where it just I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal like, God forbid, you know, like we go in the training camp the first day and like, Oh, you know, Farley came up limp because he's grabbing his back and now it's spasming out, you know? And then you have to deal with all this. Will he play? Won't he play? You know, you get the he healthiest- won't be ready for the season. I nah, thought he, he will. Be- he will be. I'm just saying in general, what if something happens again and he like I aggravates it and yada, yada, yada. You just don't want to blow the 10th pick in the draft on somebody that, has a question mark not all question marks just a question mark well here's a question for you or my brother do, do you think that the jalen smith gamble was was a uh was was a crap out right now if you would ask me right now i'd say yes just because of how he played this year i thought I his thought only was- his well, listen he got drafted in 2016 he didn't play in 2016 he played in 2017 and that defense was atrocious and then he played in 2018 that defense came on at the end great so then all of a sudden 
He's swiping. He's starting to do his own branding. And then 2019, you get Van Der Esch in there, and now they're howling, and they're doing all sorts of crap. And then they're just they're branding themselves, and they just didn't live up to the hype. I think, so, I no. think this. The, and like, then he gets the money, and then he gets signed. And I'm just like, this season, Jesus. This season, which sucked, is going to say a lot because you know they're you know he's not going to. You know, you know he's you know he's rolling in. I mean, Jer, Jer, uh, Jerry ain't going to get rid of this guy. But we also have a new defense now again. Right. Yeah. So yeah, scheme could be everything. Who knows? Who knows? But. Again, it's been uh, an off season uh, so far. It's you know been quiet for the last week. The draft is inching closer. Um, you know, like I said, we got a great interview coming up uh, in just a couple minutes. But overall, the, the 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 feeling around the room here, at least at the Jersey Boys podcast, is that we're we're all for a cornerback, uh, and, and we're all for just addressing the defense. Well, I, I'll tell you, though, if, if you can get a game-changing defensive lineman, it doesn't matter what the scheme is. You know, it's funny. I remember hearing um, – it might have been Belichick, but there was a story about LT when he first got to the league, and he was supposed to jump into coverage on a play, but he just sacked the quarterback. So I think Belichick pulled him out and said, yo, you're supposed to get into coverage, get in there again. And LT, didn't. he just didn't know. The next play, the next time, he didn't – he just sacked the quarterback again. And then Bill Parcells just said, let him play football, let it go. And, you know, and when you're getting guys on the front line that could just get to the quarterback and play relentless, like, I mean, you know, people forget too. And I, I, even though he's one of my favorite players of all time, before Reggie White and before LT, there was Randy White. And Randy White was relentless. Um, just the motor never stopped going after the quarterback. I mean, look, people have no idea how impactful he was in, of his generation before LT came to the league, it was Randy white. So, you know, if you can get that interior defensive lineman that just doesn't stop and, you know, is on the board, I, I go for that right away. You know, like if, if, if you get those once in there, that's where a once in a think, lifetime player can change. your. Defense. I think they can address that by trading. Uh, that's just me. I think they like, See, those I guys. don't, I think you got to grow those guys. You mean trading like for a different draft pick trading back. Yeah. Oh, for a different. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like there's a monster. They're Barrymore out of Alabama. He's one of those guys who just looks like he's he can kill people and yeah, eat you people bring, alive. You bring a guy like that, into but he's camp. not supposed to go until about the 15, 16. So if somebody wants to jump up and grab their guy at ten, I would Absolutely. love nothing more to just trade back and grab Give that the guy. Tight end. Take the tight end. Go ahead. Enjoy him. <laughs> Enjoy. No, I'm saying you get a defensive lineman in there. See, and again, these are the type of these are the type of players that that can make an impact right away. It's always in the trenches. You know what I mean? Always. Because I think those I'm guys, expecting I mean, really you know, good things out of out of uh, Tristan Hill coming back. He was coming on strong, and he gets hurt the same day as Dak, if you remember that. You know, he got what Neville Gallimore is another season deep. So that interior D-line, I think, is going to be a little bit better than what we started with last year. Last year, obviously, we had McCoy get hurt. We had Poe, who just looked like he didn't want to play football anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it was a different – it was an older look last year. Now you got some young, hungry dudes – that might That's just want to eat and just I will eat. say right now, you, our linebackers, you can't wait for the running back to come to you. And that's what I saw a lot. I saw bad reads. I saw him not stepping up. I meant our linebackers were, were some, it's one of the worst I've ever seen as a Dallas Cowboy fan. It's probably the worst linebacking crew I've ever seen play. It, since I've not, it's not that broad of a, of a statement. It, and, not, and, again, and again, it could have been, you know, our, our, our interior, you know, that's also what made the flex defense. So Landry's flex defense. So good is, you know, they played those defensive linemen back a little instead of up front. 
So it, it was harder to get to the linebacker. The linebackers were more free to run. You know, if, if, if your defensive linemen are getting blown out, then, you know, it's, it's easier to get to the linebackers. I mean, again, there could have been 10 things wrong why they weren't in position. The fact is they weren't in position. Right. So you're getting a new, a new, a new um, defensive coordinator. We're getting some, you know, some of our D linemen back. Hopefully some will pan out, but that's our concern. Did you know the reason Ken Norton, uh, Ken Norton Jr. wasn't signed back for the Cowboys? No, I do not. Okay. The main reason why is when he was a free agent in his prime is that they, Jerry Jones and, you know, the Jimmy Johnson, they, they all thought that they didn't need to, like a linebacker wasn't that important to draft in the first round. They're easily replaced. Isn't that crazy? That is and crazy. the reason they thought that is because we went on a string, man, going off the top of my head, Dixon Edwards, Robert Jones, um, Godfrey Miles, Randall Godfrey. I met all these Darren Smith. Dak I mean, these Wynn, were linebackers. <laughs> yeah, so they were just – and if you look it up, like they were – and I don't know the years. And once again, I'm going off the – they were all leaving in free agency, and they just kept saying, oh, we'll just get another one. Let them – you know what I mean? Let, let, let that linebacker go, and we're just going to pick another one in the first or second round. So. I guess technically the last one to actually was like the last of a dying breed as far as draft pick is concerned would be DeMarcus Ware, right? I mean, you consider him outside, outside linebacker? Yeah. We already know that Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good no, yeah. Bobby Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. But all right. Well, there's a lot of more questions, uh, a lot more questions than answers right now in the Cowboys season and the off season and the drafts coming up. But that's been, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out. But we're going to take a little break. And what's up, Keith? No, I was going to say before the draft, the schedule usually comes out. Yeah, it's going to be a fun yes. episode. Yeah. And they, they, we, did they do. They went to 17 games. They went to 17 yeah, games. Yeah, we it's don't announced know. that we're playing the we're playing the New England Patriots in New England. Uh, we just don't know when. So oh, yeah. dates, yeah, the dates. yeah, the dates and everything, and, and I sort of we know who we're playing already. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the opponents, okay. the opponents have been announced. Um, but yeah, well, it's 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 it'll be interesting to see like the first home game, and we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, gonna we're gonna fun. take a little break, and when we come back, we're gonna be be uh, joined by Brianna Dix, and she'll give us her insight on her view of the 2021 Dallas Cowboys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, everybody, welcome back from break. And at this time, the fellas have left me. They've left me high and dry. Dave Sturchio is here by himself as we bring on our VIP guest for this evening, Miss Brianna Dix. She is a writer for the Sooner Wire uh, over at OU. And, of course, she is with D. Now, I looked at this. Is it D210 or D210? Like, how do you go? It's like the area code. Like, what, what are we talking about here? <laughs> it's uh, 210. 210. All right. So it's, yeah. it's the easiest thing I could have thought about. And I'm just like, how many like how many pauses should I take in between? Right. Right. So, D210 fine. reporter covering the Dallas Cowboys. Brianna, how are we tonight? I am good. Happy Easter. Yes. Happy Easter. Here we are just sacrificing time with our family and friends. And we're saying, why not jump on for the greater good of Cowboys Nation uh, to get this done? Uh, we've been talking for a couple of weeks about coming on and uh, you're a busy girl. So I, I totally understand. <laughs> it takes a little while. But uh, 
a little favor for the, you know, the Jersey Boys podcast and, of course, blogging the boys and, and people that might not be familiar with you. Just tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into this business, because, look, as a as a fellow journalist and, and somebody who's been in broadcasting for 15 years now, I know it's an absolute dogfight and it's a grind. So you got to tell me how you got in, when you got in and how it's been kind of going for you. Yeah, no, one, 100% very competitive market. And then you tack on being a young woman who's mm -hmm. new in the industry to, to the mix. And that, of course, makes things more challenging. But I always knew at a young age, I, I loved football, grew up watching the NFL with my dad. I learned pretty much everything almost that I knew about the game from, from him at a young age. I didn't have any brother. So it was kind of funny that I just kind of took on that role for him and was somebody that loved watching sports with him. But just, I mean, I was always captivated by it, whether it be, you know, the blocking, the snap of the ball, the adrenaline, I mean, the tackles, the, the battles between corners and wide receiver. I just loved every aspect of it. And really when I got into high school was when I started to understand that how unique my passion was and how different that was from other people my age, especially for, for women. And mm. I decided to channel that and turn my passion into a career and to wholeheart wholeheartedly pursue that. And so I went to Dallas Baptist um, and graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Broadcast Communications. But unfortunately, DBU didn't have a football team, <laughs> but it was in the, you know, the Dallas Metroplex. And there are so many amazing sports and avenues to get into. So I just started networking through, you know, professors that I had and interviewed several former Cowboys. And then I interned for the Cowboys in 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, wow, 2016. You talk about a yeah, year to get so in. so I know. Great year, A, 13-3. Wow. <laughs> So that was, that was so exciting. And I loved it because it, I was a game day event presentation intern. So it was more of the behind the scenes aspect. So it mm -hmm. gave me a greater appreciation for, you know, a game day, everything and how it all works together and how it's performed and what, what goes on behind the scenes to make everything happen and, right. and an NFL show happen. And so I, I really got to enjoy that and kind of brought me into that world. And then through that, how I got connected with my boss with D210 because I did some freelance work out at Frisco at the start doing some high school football stuff. So, and then just kind of hit the ground running was doing, you know, the press conferences and open locker room and home games. And, and then of course COVID hit. So it's definitely been an adjustment, but at the same time for me, it's been really gratifying because it's really challenged me to think outside the box and okay, how can I create unique content? How can I, you know, what avenue or angle can I come at with, with this player or with whatever happened and get a unique spin on it. So it's definitely been, an interesting journey, but you know, some exciting, some exciting things started writing for uh, Sooners Wire. So covering OU football, and that's been honestly a blast learning more about the college game and setting up on their roster and just, I mean, their program and Lincoln Riley. I mean, it's just, could it's have been, been, could have been a Cowboys lot. coach. Could have been a Cowboys coach. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I digress. But yeah. <laughs> that's such a, that's such a cool journey. I mean, all right. So obviously 2016, you're in the, 
in the, the, the meat and potatoes of one of the better seasons that we've had yeah. in, in a long time. You got any like specific behind the scenes stories that you're just like, when you got in your car that night, you're like, that just happened. Like, you know, it, as a professional, you know, obviously, yes, we won games and yes, we had great memories as a, as fans and like, you know, watching from, from the outside, but in your industry, in our industry of being in that journalistic and broadcasting field, was there anything that you kind of just like, like I said, like got in your car after a game one night and said, holy shit, that just went down. Right. Um, really one of the main things that has stuck with me when I was an intern is, so one of my roles was, I was kind of a handler for Freddie Jones, who is the trumpet player for the Cowboys. That yeah. Does the national anthem. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, like you seriously, I can recall it so vividly, but it was one of my first games. I think it was the first regular season game of that 2016 season. Yes, and I got to be, yeah. And I got to um, escort him down there and I'm standing on the sideline and he's, you know, several yards up doing, doing it, the trumpet. And I'm standing and, and I'm almost in the line, like with the players on the sideline oh, and it just, it starts and you hear the trumpet and there is just silence. And it's like, in that moment, I looked up and seriously, like, I'm not even ashamed, but I mean, it was like, my eyes just filled with tears. And I mean, it wasn't like, like, I mean, I was almost sobbing, but I mean, it was just that realistic moment where it's like, oh my gosh, Brianna, like, look where you are. Yeah. And you yeah. look up and you just see like the ring of honor, like you see the flag going around the banner and, and you just hear, and then at the end of it you know, the, the crowd erupts in like USA. And it was like, that's one of those moments that mm -hmm. I will seriously like never forget. And that's launched, you know, my, my career and that's, just kind of exit on it, that, that love, you know, since it that doesn't, day. It so, doesn't get any easier and better than that, because obviously yeah. you're a Cowboys, you grew up a Cowboys fan with your father, right. right? So I grew up a Cowboys fan with my father and we're in New Jersey. So just credit us that for that. So right away, we're in enemy territory. Everybody hates us. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So here, here's my little quick story. I get out of broadcasting school in 2007. I, uh, they have internship programs at this big binder, right? And you just have to fill out, like, who, who do you want to intern for? There's a bunch of internship programs. And you know, I'm like, I saw the New York Jets. And I'm like, I think I could do that. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I know I bleed cowboy blue. It's the jets. They're not good. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So let me go intern for the jets. And uh, three weeks after I put in my uh, application, I get a call from a guy and he's like, Hey, this is blah, blah, blah from the New York giants. And I'm just like, no, no, no. I, I apply for the jets. You know, like, Oh, well, we would like to bring you in for an interview. And I'm like, Oh no, like, don't tell me I'm about to work for the giants. So <laughs> lo and behold, I work for the giants and I, for 2000, <laughs> It's funny. You're in a 2016 season where the Cowboys blow up. I'm in 2007 and the Giants won the damn Super Bowl and I was an employee. So it was the worst because I mean, obviously it was the best because you get to meet all these people. Right. But most most likely that moment that you had, I had that same moment. T.O. was on the team at the time with the, with the Cowboys and we were down at half. And I said, uh, I, I, I saw him in, in like the little tunnel and we're walking back to the field because I was a production intern. So I'm much like you kind of handling and, and being a runner for like the cameraman and stuff. So I'm on the field the entire time. 
And I look at T.O. and Patrick Creighton at the time, and they're like, you know, they're they're talking, they're talking, and I I just interrupt. I said, this is my moment. I'm about to just say hello to T.O. And I was like, I know I work for the Giants. I'm decked out in Giant stuff. <laughs> and I said, I said, guys, I was like, finish this off in the second half, please. And I right. T.O. looked at me, and he's like, what? You know, because like I got the the Giants gear on. I was like, I'm with <laughs> I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys. Please finish this game off. And Romo went out there and just diced up the Giants. But I got that feeling. I know that feeling. Cause you're, you're out there for the anthem and you're, you're, you're experiencing it and you're taking it in. And I got to watch my Cowboys just destroy the giants uh, as a giants employee. So, and I try not to brag about that because I'm just like, okay. Like I met a lot of cool people. Right. I, met, I met Troy Aikman that year, you know, when the, the Fox did, did a game at John Madden, the people you meet in this industry are just incredible. And you're, you're a testament to that because I've seen a lot of your work and I'm just straight up jealous. I'm just like, this girl is talking to all these, these guys. And it's a great feeling to be in this industry. So, so now you shift gears, you, you know, you do your internship and where does 210 come into play where they're just kind of like looking for freelancers for start and then hire kind of yeah. like as they go? Yeah, they were just kind of looking for more freelance, some more um, people to come in. It's kind of an intern role. Um, and then that progressed into because for really a while in 2017, like after um, after I did the internship and was kind of in that like senior year of college and I, I mean, oh my God, I was at the star like constantly. Cause I would do even not even necessarily on the high school games that they would have like on Thursdays and Fridays, but I would do a lot of stuff just in the control room, like working um, like crossfire or blaze for like random events that they would have at. Um, so you have a media credential. So you're kind of just, yeah. So like for okay. the star in Frisco. And then one of my um, good friends that I met that actually works for the Mavericks now um, uh, she was an intern with me and she knew, um, some people that worked for D210 and she was like, Hey, like you, you know, you should reach out, um, to them, you know, reach out to this guy. And, and I did send in my reel, um, and then kind of things just went full force from there. How, so, fun, how fun is that process? The whole sending reels everywhere. Oh, I, oh man, do I remember that? Oh, I swear. I, if I look, I, if I look back at my reel, I would just, I'm like, Oh my God, I wouldn't hire oh, me. I wouldn't hire me. Oh yeah. And it's so, it's so tedious and it's like, you'll, you'll finally get it to like a place where you want it, you know, you've cut and it's all in linear. And then it's like, Oh, then there's this clip. I mean, you're constantly like updating mm -hmm. it. And so, I mean, I, I love it. And it's something that is basically a visual of your growth. You know, yeah. you look at it and I can see just watching stuff from college or even two years ago, I look at clips and then I look at something now because I have a really big tendency to talk really, really fast. And especially towards the beginning of my career, I would just talk really, really fast to try and just like spit off the information mm -hmm. and just to get it over with. But now I really over the past year have noticed that I've, you know, slowed down and it's just these little like, you know, marks that you hit in your career that are, that are so exciting to watch and to look at. Yeah. Well, you got to be careful because I mean, you don't want to send out a tweet or anything like that and then have to adjust yourself. Right. And say, have the, and have the trolls of America come after you and say like, Oh, Whoa, you're wrong. And I'm like, Oh man, that's, how, that's how we kind of connected me and you. And I was like, I saw that and I was like, I'll just send her a message to tell her, you know, it's probably just best if she edited or removed it. Yeah, no, but boy, oh boy, 
Oh yeah. my God. Like, I just, I felt, I felt, <laughs> no, I felt terrible. So, oh yeah. People are so quick to criticize and so quick to like blow up, you know? Oh, it's and it's ridiculous. just like, we're all, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Right. Like God, it's ridiculous. So 2020, obviously a very rough year for a, the Cowboys B the industry, you know what I mean? So we're yeah. all, we're all messed up. We're on zoom calls like we are now, <laughs> but I mean, you're in Texas, so that makes sense. But <laughs> like, that, that's how we're going to have to do it. I mean, I would fly for like a Philly cheesesteak. I mean, like I'd be, you know, I'm down. I've always wanted to try one of those. I, I am. Uh, I am a tech. Listen, I used to go a lot and it's my favorite place in the world. So I will be frequenting again. So you'll have to share your media credential when I get down there and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But now the um, so 2020, it's it's rough. It's, you know, the, the yeah. Cowboys as a whole was just a bad, bad situation. 2021 now. You turn in the page, you're doing your thing as far as in the media. Do you feel already that it's kind of resembling a little bit more normal as far as covering this team? I mean, yes, you probably got to wear the mask and do all that junk. But I mean, like, do you feel like we're turning that corner, getting back to, you know, being able to, you know, get in the media as far as getting outside the Zoom calls and, and being there and, and interviewing like McCarthy's press conference. A lot of people were there for the first time. And like, that's the first right. time, that's the first time McCarthy has seen people in like 3D, yeah. 4D, you know what I mean? So it's like, do you feel like it's getting to a point where we're getting back to a little uh, normal? No, I, I would definitely say that's that's an accurate statement. And I think you're starting to see strides moving forward and even just, you know, them saying they're projecting like full stadiums. I mean, that's right. that in and of itself right there is a rep representation of how far things have come. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it's one of those things that it's just kind of like a, a time will tell situation. But I think, you know, even the fact that Jerry Jones and Mike, Mike McCarthy have talked a lot about Oxnard, you know, I mean, that's something that a year ago wasn't even plausible. You didn't even think that was something that could happen. And right. I mean, it, it didn't. But I mean, you're starting to see kind of the, the wheels turning and okay, maybe is it, you know, you've got the vaccinations now and a lot of, you know, they're encouraging it, encouraging of personnel, players, media, everybody. So I think, you know, once you get a lot more of those taking place, there's a lot of that kind of the fear element won't mm -hmm. be as heightened as it was. Right. So I think you're starting to see things getting back to a sense of normalcy in this yeah. time. Hopefully, yeah, and sure. hopefully, yeah. Once this season begins, we'll really start to see that. Yeah, play for out. sure. I think me, Keith, and Brett have already discussed getting out to Oxnard. If that's a thing, and they allow fans oh, and media members. I would love to get out there. Oh, that'd be, that'd be wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, sure. Especially for the weather, for the weather itself, you know, cause yeah. we're in, I'm in Jersey. I mean, those guys are spoiled. They, you know, Keith's in LA and Brett goes from Vegas to Florida, like every other day. So it's like, I'm here in Jersey. Weather, I mean, it's just perfect. It's like 70, 60, like just forever. Perfect. It's like, I'm going to be on that flight with the hand sanitizer. Like, you know, <laughs> you Trip, know, I'm going to be triple ready. Mask, triple mask. <laughs> if they tell you to like, I'll do whatever you want. Just let me get on this damn plane. Yes. So, yeah. all right. So this year's Cowboys, all right, we'll have to touch on this, obviously. So the Cowboys have been somewhat busy in free agency. Uh, I think some of the moves they've made are some questionable, some like you just kind of felt like it was going to happen anyway. So when you look up and down this Cowboys roster and the moves they've made already, does one stand out to you of just kind of like kind of floored you? Like, oh, wait, why? This move was just made like just kind of shocked you like off the cuff um and this is somebody that they've added or somebody let go 
either way, you know, like a surprise to you, like, holy crap, they signed this guy or holy Jesus, why would they let this guy go? You know what I mean? So something right. that, that would like take you off your off your game for a second, just for that minute. A little, and it's not, we talked about this a little bit, but honestly, one of the things that stunned me even more than Mike McCarthy straight up announcing retiring retirement in that press conference <laughs> that was I don't think supposed to happen at all uh-uh. um little unorthodox but a you know facts but to me man LP I know the long time long snapper you know I mean just that that Canadian guy you know I mean he was <laughs> so well beloved by this team you, you know almost about- him and Jason Witten had both been with the team for, you know, 17 season was about to pass that, but of I know. course, you know, they, I don't think they want anybody to surpass. I know. I think that had you know, a number lot to do with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was, that was definitely one of those moves where I was just like, oh man, like this is, you talk about like, we could talk about quarterback play and safety play and corner play. This guy never made a mistake. You I know, know. Like, one bogus call, one, one bogus call against Washington and other than that, I didn't even know there was I've been playing football and no football for my entire life. Right. I never heard a snap infraction ever. Yes. <laughs> you I know, mean, so it's like what are you talking like, about? As perfection as you can right. get at a position in this game, he was that. Yeah. I mean, he was the embodiment of that. And it's like he, he I just don't feel like he got the the credit and you not know at all. Not for at what, all for what he's done. For and not only team. that. And not only that, not only do they get rid of him and replace him and bring on one of Bones Fossil's guys, which is whatever. I get it. You got to move on if that's what you're. Yeah, we, we saw goal. that play out with Greg Zerline. You know, you knew <laughs> yeah. that was kind of coming, you right. know. So, but dude, they gave away 91, like in a heartbeat, like his number, like not even a breath, like that. It wasn't his jersey wasn't even cold yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're just giving but it away. Like- Welcome to business. I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? I'm like, oh my goodness, that was such a like, man. They did, they did LP dirty. They did, they really did. There better <laughs> they be, did. there better be an LP day of some variation where we just celebrate his career. Because look, uh, again, you're right, longest tenured cowboy other than Jay Witt, and it's like yeah. you just did him compl- like. Oh, by the way, we're not bringing it back. That's what it was. It wasn't like let's negotiate, let's talk about this. It was like. Nah, we're moving in a different direction. Yeah, or some super nice, like, farewell speech. I think, and that's, the, you know, I mean, it was right. just, And yeah, that's the I, business, and that's that's the, the, the crappy part about this business is that it's just NFL means not for long. And he kind of defied that by going and, you know, playing for 20, 20 years. Uh, but, you know, LP, I wish him the best. But now, other side of the coin, are there any moves that were made that you were like, yeah, that had to happen? Or, like, did, didn't shock you at all? Like, one of the moves that you basically say this was definitely expected. Like the LP one shocked you. Does any of the moves that they made kind of say like, yep, that makes sense. Honestly, the majority of the moves were guys that I anticipated would be parting ways with the Cowboys. Like figured um, Cheeto would be parting ways. I figured Xavier Woods would be parting ways. Um, Figured Joe Thomas would be parting ways. I mean, a, a lot of these things were, things that I kind of anticipated. Now I was, I was, I will say a little bit surprised um, with Jordan Lewis's deal. Okay. But I mean, I, but I mean, I think it'll be, you know, exciting to see that 
you know, kind of competition with Anthony Brown, like we've seen in the past for, you know, that nickel corner position. Right. But really, I mean, for the most part, there wasn't anything that I was just floored by. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. And look, the Cowboys are playing small ball right now. They didn't make any big, big splashes. They bring in Neil. They bring in KZ. They bring in these guys, the role players. They're going to, you know, I'm excited to see what they do with Neil because they don't know, like he's like a hybrid all of a sudden. And I'm just like, I got a lot of guys that uh, work with, uh, you know, fans of Atlanta or guys that write for the Falcons. And they tell me that, you know, this guy was even better underneath. So like, maybe that's it. Maybe that is a, also a kick in the ass for Jalen Smith because, my God, I, I <laughs> if you listen to the past episodes of Jersey Boys Podcast, there wasn't a more critical person of Jalen Smith's play than me. So I hope, I hope that things get turned around. So you have the right. free agency. Yeah, he has that flexibility that they love. You know, can play on the weak side, can kind of right. was that, you know, prototypical, like, cover three, strong safety for the Falcons. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited to see – how the new defensive system, like how, how they use him, how Dan Quinn uses him, how Joe Jr., how they get him plugged in. Right. And just a new, a new system. Something, something. The one and done, <laughs> the one and done Mike Nolan system was just not working out. And we were just like, something's got to give. And they bring in Dan Quinn. So, right. all right. So now you have the free agency kind of comes and goes. I mean, yes, it still exists. We're still in free agency, but the waves kind of, kind of narrow down or whatever. Now we're literally, a month away from the NFL draft. I mean, you've seen a lot of, obviously there's been trades out the wazoo, you know, people are moving, shifting, doing their thing. You know, I made fun of it last week. I Philadelphia tanked that last game of the season and then they wound up trading that pick anyway. So I felt bad for the giants, like the giants missed the playoffs because Philly couldn't deliver. And then they <laughs> trade the pick. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. That's, that's kind of rough, but I hope the giants fans are chapped about that. But overall, where do you see Dallas or all right, I'll give you two parts. Where should they, where, where will they? Like, where should the Cowboys go at 10? Where do you think they're going to go at 10? Right. I mean, I think a lot of it, you're, you're seeing a lot of just the issues the Cowboys had on defense last year. That's obviously been a priority throughout the offseason. You've seen that play out in free agency. And I think you're hearing a lot of chatter about corner. Now, for, in my opinion, I think they should go – with Patrick Sertain for number 10. But I will say that, and granted, a lot of this weighs on how their draft board is laid out, Mm -hmm. where they have guys on their draft board, and obviously who is available at number 10. Now, if Kyle Pitts is available, I know, here we go. Or or offensive tackle Penny Sewell, I think either one of those guys I could take over Patrick Sertain. Okay, so I, I beg this question. You would literally take another offensive weapon over something that we've been struggling with all year. And this is not trying to not trying to argue with you. I just know that, you know, the other two guys, when we mentioned Pitts, they're like, if they add another offensive weapon and don't address the defense, and I say, guys, you know, the def- you know, the defensive draft is relatively deep this year. You know, there's a lot of good playmaking guys that can possibly get second, third round. I get that. But I, you know, it's very comparable to last year, but CD lamb fell in their lap. That's a 17th pick. You're like, okay, why is this guy still here? We're on him, you know, but now this is seven spots higher than that. This is 10. And the only way I can foresee the Cowboys doing this whole Kyle Pitts thing is if literally everybody they had on their board is gone. You know what I mean? Like if they have to make a decision, if they have Patrick Sertain listed as their number one corner and he's hanging around at 10, you got to pull the trigger. You have oh, yeah. to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and 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 you, I for sure can see both sides. Because yeah, at the beginning, I was like, I mean, God, I mean, how can you not? I mean, the the need is so glaring. I mean, we see how disastrous and demoralizing. I mean, honestly, the performance of this defense was last season, game yeah. after game. But I mean, you with a guy like Kyle Pitts. I mean, he is a generational talent nightmare mismatch I mean how how rare is that a guy that can change an offense explosive I mean obviously has all the things that you want but I mean you look at yes Dalton Schultz had an amazing year in 2020 but he isn't a nightmare mismatch now he can develop into one but he's not at this time and then obviously you got Blake Jarwin coming back from injury now now he has the frame he has that ability is that nightmare mismatch but there's also the question, what is he going to look like now post-injury, you know, right. post the, the ACL? So, I mean, I – granted, it's not as big of a need for sure as cornerback is, but I don't think he's somebody that you can disregard when you look at everything he encompasses and you look at his talent level. I think you, I think you're swaying me. I don't know. I was really <laughs> – I think I was really against – I mean, it's like I, I see both sides, but it's like – He's a guy that you have to take a look at yeah. when you look at his entire, his entire skill set. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, look, you're right. He's a generational guy. And it's like, if for whatever reason he's hanging around, you got to consider it. And I just like, I'm so all I, when I look back at 2020, all I see is like Seattle, the receivers just blowing by us. And I see like all the Browns, I see Jarvis Landry throwing, or no, was it Beckham Beckham or Landry throwing a touchdown pass against our defense. And I'm just like, if they don't address this, I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, yeah. Like we can only yeah. score. Like there was a, a little bit of a, you know, a trend going last year, team 40 burger. I don't know if you heard that, you know, they're all excited. Like, Oh, we're going to put up 40 points a game. Then you lose Dak Prescott and that's out the window. So now how are you going to win games? You got to stop guys from scoring. And they couldn't do that. So yeah. I mean, that's why I'm just like so laughing stock of the oh, league. And then was... like game after game, you saw like the same eye discipline issues over and over and over. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, and then of we course you got, you know, that can't, can't give a hundred percent effort every play. And we see how that, you know, ends. Right. <laughs> right. I look <laughs> it's I, again, like, it's gosh. one of those things. I, I don't know if I could sit through another, season uh, of just defense being e even mediocre like at this point you know you just let's just say you draft a certain then you got the certain digs combination then you got anthony brown and jordan lewis those are four capable corners and then you added the safeties you you know you dress safety again in the draft and then the linebacker position is kind of uh you know like jalen again has to bounce back layton was battling injuries all last year so it's hard to kind of judge him but, you know, Sean Lee, we still don't really know yet what he's going to do. Exactly. I, listen, me personally, I would love to see him on the sidelines again. I would. You know, I think his leadership and I think his, his you know, he's just a just a man's man. He's a player's player. Right. He wants to and be in great. the huddle. He's a phenomenal coach. I mean, right. honestly. Right. So, I guess it remains to be seen. I guess, you know, we'll have to keep our fingers crossed as we get closer and see if anybody else makes any moves. I mean, like, look, the Niners gave a King's ransom just to get the three and then you know, other teams might be jumping up to get their guy, their quarterback or whatever. So it all depends. I, I obviously, obviously, you know, it all depends on where everybody else goes, but I don't know. I want Pitts to go somewhere in the top 10 besides us. I, I want him to be drafted. So that thought is taken out of our minds where I'm just like, okay, right. well, 
we could have took him, but he's not there. You well, know? and so- to be honest, I mean, I, I definitely do not see him becoming available. I definitely see him being gone. But then again, everybody said the same thing about CD Lamb last year. Yeah, but so- the, the, the scary part is, ready for the scary part, we don't take him and he's there. Let's just say it's between him and Sertain and they take Sertain. So now Pitts is going to fall to the New York Giants or, or the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Then you're going to get really right. upset. Then you're going to say, like, we could have kept him away, you know, like, but again. Yeah. But I do, I do love, I do love Sertain though. I mean, he's just exciting to watch, you know, go through his film. Just, I mean, the thing, just the thing I loved about him is just the way, you know, he plays through the catch point, which I feel like you don't see a lot of the time and just the way that he beats down receivers. I mean, he plays like a pro. He plays like a pro. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pro ready. Yes, absolutely. And I think he's probably the most pro ready cornerback in this draft this year. So that's what makes me leads me to believe that if he's there at 10, it's just like a complete no brainer. This is your guy. This is your lockdown guy. This is your redemption for not taking Ramsey back in 2016, even though Zeke played out, you know, that, that did work, you know, but there's right. a lot of people, there's a lot of people who got, I mean, we should have took Ramsey. I'm like, no, watch the Zeke guy do okay. And he did okay. And he's been doing okay. And I firmly believe he'll be even better. Uh, but yeah, we- my favorite was the, uh, the, uh, the TJ Watt. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Poor Taco Those just never like were a like a knife to the heart. You know, you watch those games. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I watch him do his thing now. And I'm just like, mm. tears. Yeah. Like, yeah like, mm, just kind of, mm. I mean, I felt that way. I felt that way in 98. We could have had Randy Moss. I mean, I know you're only three years old, but yeah, it's Randy Moss was <laughs> for the Dallas Cowboys. And it just, it's, it's so funny. I'm talking to somebody younger than me because Brett and Keith are older than me and they always call me young Sturch like oh I got so much to learn about the Cowboys because I'm young and I'm naive and I'm like I'm like I told the guys I was like you know Brianna's coming on she's a decade younger than me so she's if anything she knows she knows how to be that young and optimistic and and full of life person like I am so back off fellas yeah yeah, and they just get off. Power to the right. Power to the youth. You know? Yeah, exactly. Thirty-five. I'm still relatively young. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how this season plays out. Brianna, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the Jersey Boys podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media and follow uh, two ten. I said two ten instead of twenty. Yeah, there you go. How, how they hey, can follow first, you? And to be your honest, network. I thought it was two one zero two. Thank I thought you. it was going to count you. down. So yeah. yeah, no, you're you're good. Okay, so yeah, now I feel better. <laughs> Now I feel better. Yes. Well, I am on Twitter at, at Dix Brianna and my articles and videos are on um, D210.tv or website under pretty much all my stuff is under the Cowboys tab. And then Sooners Wire USA today.com is where all of my Oklahoma shenanigans can be found. And then I'm also on Instagram at Brianna M. Dix. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me here on the Jersey Boys podcast. It's been a pleasure. We'll have you on maybe again before the draft, and we'll try to crunch some more numbers, and I'll introduce you to the other two Neanderthals, and uh, we'll, (laughs) we'll get things going, all right? That would be great. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Thank you so much. All right, folks, and that'll just about wrap things up for the Jersey Boys podcast here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network powered by SB Nation for Dave Sturchio. Brett and Keith Ernst, we want to thank Brianna Dix one more time for giving us the time and chatting with us about our beloved Dallas Cowboys. Until next time, we'll see you guys next week.